All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of PodNem. I am Shane Nemeth, your host. Today, another special guest. I'm killing it with the guests lately. Got Haddock with me here today. We are going to be doing NBA panic meter teams and players. Basically, for this exercise, we are going to uh, bounce off one another and give our teams and players that we think uh, are in panic mode or somewhere around uh, a panic mode, some sort of panic meter. Not every team and player we talk about is sort of the same level of panic, but just teams and players that we're concerned about and definitely keeping an eye on. Uh, and yeah, we're gonna keep um, we're gonna keep it rolling with the NBA content. So Haddock, thanks for joining me today. Um, yeah, thanks for having me, Nem. Uh, yeah, figured I'd get it. I'd get in early. Nempod taking off, and uh, I'd be honored <laughs> to be one of the first guests. Resident Nick fan. Yeah, but, you know, let's talk panic. Oh yeah. All right. So since you are the guest, I'm going to give you the honor of going first. So let's hear your first uh, panic meter team or player. All right. So I don't know if we want to do like conferences at a time. I've got a few in each. Um, some are certainly like clear panic teams. Others are like panic for their, it's relative. So they're, you know, not actually, yeah. uh, you know, putting all the chips in right now, but I think it's, I'm looking forward for maybe like next year and the year after. But yeah, I'll, I'll start it off. The first team, uh, I, I know it's going to be on your list, but it's been like a year and a half now. Uh, they always have the worst injury luck. It's the Bulls. Like they, <laughs> I think they, they're just the dumpster fire. They're always like of the big market teams that just can't get it right in the last, you know, 10, 15 years, really. Um, it's got to be them because they have what they would call assets right now in Levine, DeMar, um, kind of on an expiring, but he could be on a variety of different uh, contenders this year. They have some young guys that that we like, Kobe White, Patrick Williams, maybe, but they just consistently yeah. are underperforming. And like the we seen it, we seen it with the Wizards for the last ten years. Like, are you just going to finish right outside the plan again and again and again and again? So they're they're my first panic team again. Like, I think all these teams are, are relative to where they are. But I would be panicking in the sense that they need to completely strip it down. Look, we've seen teams in the middle here. You uh, you can't just stay stagnant, you know. Um, and I think that that's what hurts them the most. So I'm ready to see what they want to do. And I also think, you know, if you go back a year, they're losing all kinds of time and value on these guys. Um, their their probably most important asset is uh, Caruso, and I think that's yeah. a guy you got to trade for. You got to get two first round picks. Because right now is the time to trade him when he's you know in year two of a of a great deal. Um, yeah. Demar is just like you know can he be a contributor for a contender? He probably is not cracking a lot of good starting lineups at this point in his career, but I mean that's a bucket getter right there. So I don't know. They're my first team. I just you know every year the the ineptitude of the Bulls has to get mentioned here. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Um... Looks like I have someone to cross off on my list, but this is particularly um, sad for me because I was, for whatever reason, pretty high on them before the year. Um, I thought that they would finally just figure it out, and yeah, they haven't. This team looks miserable. Like you said, it's it's all relative, but I honestly think just objectively this is pretty panicky for them because one – they don't have a lot of their draft picks, so they need to trade the guys that they have in order to recoup some of those picks that they lost with obviously the Magic and uh, the, the DeRozan deal, like whatever, you know what I mean? Like they just don't have a lot of their own picks. And um, they're, the the contracts that they sign those guys to are 
bad. Like the Levine contract puts them in a hole. The Vucevic contract, which I don't even understand why they re-signed him, but that's big. DeRozan is, is he an unrestricted free agent after this year or a restricted free yeah. agent? Yeah, unrestricted. He's an unrestricted, right? So, I mean, I mean there's yeah, literally he's, he's no done. reason. Not, yeah, there's, there's no, no reason not to move him. Exactly. No, but there's no reason not to trade him now, like before February. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just I mean, let him walk for nothing. Like, like you said, their best asset is definitely Caruso, who I think could probably yield maybe two first round picks. At least the first, probably two, maybe one in some decent players, but yeah, probably two. I would err more on the side of like wanting picks for him rather than like players. Um, and then the other guy is Levine, who I mean, there's been so much news and sort of reporting around like the the trade market for him just like isn't there. It's like yeah. the Lakers and maybe the Sixers, you know, who would take a flyer on a guy like Levine. So that's yeah. tough. I, I I don't think I don't even think you can throw the Sixers in there. I think the, the way Daryl Morey yeah. has gone about, uh, I'm sure we'll we'll touch on that maybe, but they they have like all expiring. So I'm not sure what Daryl Morey is setting up. Maxie's going to get paid, and Bead is on the books. But for them mm-hmm. to take Levine on right now, that would just be the, all the fans of Philadelphia would be pissed with that move. Yeah, and right, it like, might be too. So, so who, where is the market? Like it, I think it's it's like the, Lakers. Like the Lakers. <laughs> Because you yeah, get, it's they, they're, yeah, you look at one of those old teams, like that has to make a move. Like, imagine if Harden wasn't on the Clippers, they'd be in that kind of conversation. The Suns, mm-hmm. if they didn't go all out for Beal, they'd be in that conversation. So, like, it's it's definitely mm-hmm. not a team with like an actual foundation. It's like the you know last hurrah. That's literally a last straw move. Um, but maybe maybe there will be someone there, um, you know, willing. I don't even know if you can get to that number, like trade wise, with the salary. Like it's it's high. It's like over fifty mil. Um, yeah. Caruso, though, like you would think, if you look at like guys like you know what OG goes for, or like Smart in the offseason went for two picks, um, and Drew, like that. That's a deal. Like if you if like the Celtics give up two first round picks, those are those picks are like you know twenty eight and you know twenty five. Like so, I, I think two is easy. Um, maybe you get a young player uh, in return. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I'm the bulls, I'm, I'm already looking ahead. It's, they've had a nice bright spot with Kobe white. I think he's like kind of having a moment, like he'll get, he'll give like a, he'll get a good, an appropriate contract. Like he'll get a lot of like, um, maybe like four for 80 or something like that, like a good deal. And then he gets to be the guy. So I know he's, he's personally in a good spot and that's a guy I would like to keep on my team. You know, he's not the number one option on a great team, obviously, but. Um, he's certainly a guy you keep around, keep in the building. Patrick Williams, maybe you could try and turn that around. The Vooch, um, the Vooch deal, I feel like was just like to not lose him. I don't think that's yeah. like too good a too good a contract or too bad a contract. I just think it doesn't fit now with what they've got going on. So I don't think another guy whose like trade value, like I don't even know what the market is like for Vucevic. You know? Yeah, I mean, I it's it's a hard. Like you who don't can shoot, who can spread the floor a, a little, but plays no D, offers no rim protection and he's pretty pricey. I don't, I feel like you can kind of find like dudes who do similar things for cheaper. Like they might be stuck with them too. So yeah, they probably will be. If you're going to get like a center, if you're going to pay a center a good amount of money like that, they have to be a difference maker uh, defensively, or they have to be yeah. in a beat level offensive output, like running an offense through them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a tough one. I don't think it's the worst thing. Cause it's not too long. Like the Levine one you look at, it's like, you know, what is this? But then again, like, 
maybe Levine's just totally not on a not on a good roster. I don't know. Like I said, get Caruso out of there. Get Demar out of there for something light. Maybe try and get a couple guys from a contender that aren't getting a shot. You look at the Warriors; they've got a few of those like distressed assets, kind of. Yeah, I like that um, a lot, actually. But Warriors. you know, like that's the kind of guy they they need to be getting. Like you saw, like you know, taking a swing at like uh, Wiseman or Marvin Bagley. Those are moves that I I would expect the Bulls to make. Obviously, those two don't don't really work out, but that's the kind of deal. Like, get off your guys, you know, restart, get draft capital, get young assets that maybe you could turn them into something, and then uh, go from there. Because just meddling around is just it's not getting them anywhere, and no. it's, it's frustrating to watch. And it all comes back to Lonzo, which which stinks. Yeah. Um, that's just like I mean, that's just the Bulls' luck there. So I I definitely have to acknowledge that. They were one of the best teams in the league for, you know, the first month and a half of the season last year. And yeah, yeah, but that, that's how, that, that's how, that's how it goes down sometimes. Yeah. I mean, the Lonzo piece is definitely tough. Um, be interesting to see what they do with him, if he's kind of in their future plans or not. But yeah, I think this team needs to do something at the deadline, like a drastic shape up. I thought they would do it last year, but they didn't. And now they're, you know, outside the plane in a conference that's just, I don't want to call it like historically weak, but I mean, like, has there ever, like, if you can't crack a top 10 seed in this Eastern conference, like you're bad. There's no sugarcoating it. Like this is the year where it it's extremely top heavy. And then like the six through 10 seeds are all going to have the same sort of record within a game of each other. And below yeah. 502 for a lot of those, especially like the eight, nine, 10. So if you can't even crack 500 with this team and this payroll, like something's wrong and you need to blow it up. And it's been a few years of this now. So yeah, they're definitely sort of on, you know, the panic meter watch for sure. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's start anew there. I mean, Billy Donovan's gone and uh, yeah. the GM is like uh, Mark Eversley. I think, I think he's like kind of new, but just strip it down and reset. You know, the fans won't, uh, punish you if you restart at the right time, and the right time was last year. But yeah, you know, with the Lonzo thing, it, it's it's fine. But you know, this is how you you have to you have to know now. And maybe it'll be hard to trade Lobby, and maybe that's the guy you keep on, you keep for a second, um, and then maybe move him later on. But yeah, I think we're all in agreement. Yeah. All right. Bulls first up on Haddock's panic meter. My turn now. This was. <laughs> This was a team that was once near and dear to your heart, and I was high on them before the year. I think you might know where I'm going with this. My first team on the panic meter is the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I just want to throw some numbers at you really quickly that I looked up before this podcast, and they're worse than I thought. First off, they're 14 and 21. They're the 12th seed, like I said, in a garbage Eastern Conference. They're not even in the play-in right now. Let me rattle some numbers off for you. They're 22nd in net rating. They're 28th in defensive rating, which is the third worst in the league. Uh, their starting lineup has a net rating of only plus 3.5. And for context, the Celtics starting lineup has a net rating of plus 20. Okay. And just on like a bigger sort of zooming out a bit, I think... The problem with this team, number one, is they play no defense and they've never really played defense kind of during this Trey Young era. But like a big problem with this team now is 
I just think like DeJounte Murray isn't the same player that he was on the Spurs. I liked the move when it happened because I thought the Hawks were going to get, you know, a lengthy guard who's an excellent defender, um, a little ball dominant, which was, I guess, always kind of the scare with it was like, you kind of have two ball dominant guards. Like, how is this going to work out? But I thought he was just a really good defender who's going to help them on defense. And he's just a, an overall really good player. But I think now with just how the, the league is, I don't think your two best players on your team can be your guards. I, I just don't. I, I don't think that's like a winning formula in 2024 anymore. And I mean, like you kind of look around the league and, you know, you see the sort of the same thing. It's like Luca and Kyrie. Nah, that doesn't really work. Mitchell and Garland, eh, that's not really working. I think Mitchell's gone. Um, see, and then like historically, like CJ and and uh, Dame, that didn't work. Halliburton and Fox, that didn't work. You know what I mean? It's just like your two best players can't be ball dominant guards, and I, I think that's what's plaguing the Hawks. And honestly, if I had to pick one to trade, I think I would trade Trey at this point. Um, I, I know it's like tough because he's like the hometown guy, and you drafted him, but I don't know. I kind of feel like we've seen the sort of ceiling with him. He's undersized. He's obviously uh, a gifted offensive player, but I, I don't know if he's like a winning player. Um, I think this team needs to sort of reshuffle the deck and get rid of guys like Trey, probably uh Hunter, um, they do have some guys in the team I like, but it, it just overall it doesn't work. I thought they would be better with um, uh, what's their coach's name again? Quinn Snyder, like oh yeah, and it's it's just not working out. And this team's a dumpster fire. Uh, and I think they need to blow it up, but I I think they're also reluctant to at the same time, kind of in like the Raptors Bulls sort of mode of like we kind of like what we got. Like let's let's just continue to wait and see. You know I don't think they're like ready to pull the trigger on a rebuild, but yeah. So first up for me is the Hawks. I think this team's a train wreck um, and they're way worse than I kind of think we all expected. I thought this team would kind of hover around 500 like they did last year. And they're well below that now. Like I said, they're 14 and 21 and I don't really see an upward trajectory for them either. So yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, they're on my list. Um, They're going to get into the plan. I'm confident about that. Are but, they? You know, what is, yeah. What is that are even they? saying? Yeah, I, th- I think <laughs> they are. I think I think the East will kind of um, kind of answer some of these questions here. My my first thing I want to say on the Hawks is this: like Jalen Johnson, I think has been a really bright spot for them. Yeah, yeah. He, they like started. Said, they have his, some guys I like on the team. Yeah, and he he's good. He's just a big forward, but like he can. Mm-hmm. He's like the ideal guy. He's like basically if you're gonna have you know your best player on on a team. Like you want him to be a wing, kind of go around everywhere, can get offense from any level. And he's like light, you know, Jalen, he's like, uh, he's getting there, but he, he's a yeah. bright spot. And uh, they're like 500 when he plays. Uh, so they started mm-hmm. skidding bad when, when he got hurt for, for a few weeks there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just like one bright spot and a definitely poorly constructed roster, I'd say. Like I like the move originally too with DeJounte but now he is you just see like he's so much more effective with the ball in his hands and Trey Young is the same yep. so when you have two uh, undersized guards DeJounte is obviously not undersized but Trey. like you said their two best players being guards is just is that is that the right formula um in today's NBA I think 
um, they're going back to height and having being able to, you know, cover all five players on the floor. I think that is kind of a skill set that is you'll see with some of the top teams in the league. I definitely would disagree though in trading Trey. I think that that's a guy you you know, that's a once in a generation not once in a generation, but you know, but that's a franchise player. Like if you get to draft that, he'll go he'll get his number retired by the Hawks if he averages twelve assists a game. And you have to kind of build around that knowing that's your one weakness. You've seen teams do that with, you know, Dame having success uh, as much as he did, I guess. But, you know, Steph for a while there. Look at the Knicks and Brunson. And, like, you know, the Cavs will have to do with um, Garland. You can build around a small guard. It's definitely not ideal. But when you have a guy like that in the building, I think it's hard to trade him away. I think they have to trade DeJounte instead. Um, If Trey were to get traded, though. What if they trade both? Yeah, they could – like that that's I'm tough saying too. like what if they go like total blow up rebuild route? I mean, you wouldn't keep either of those guys if that were the case. I think Trey means more. I don't know if the situation's than... like that dire. Yeah, but uh, I think it's, it's, it's something to... I mean You're probably right in that they would trade DeJounte Murray first over Trey Young. I'm saying I think I know what you're saying in terms of like he's a franchise guy and he's a reason why like people go to see the Hawks this is Trey Young and you know he's he's their guy I get that but I don't know I just think you sometimes you got to make tough decisions like and I feel like that might be one of those decisions if this team has just like after that Eastern Conference Finals run I mean this team's been yeah the definition of mediocre I mean they're 500 every year they're 40 and 42 every single every single season so I mean it needs a retooling, and I don't know if like a complete blow up rebuild is the only route they can take. But I mean, their only yeah. options really are kind of like Dejounte Murray and Hunter, and maybe Capella. Because, like you said, I think Jalen Johnson's a keeper. Uh, yeah. Bogdanovich could probably, I guess, be on the on the block. Yeah, I guess they do have guys, but I don't know. I don't know what kind of rotation of players are like. What influx of players are going to get back for those guys that would make them nah. that much better? No, they, yeah, that's exactly the point. They can trade guys like that. I think one thing on Trey, I think they, he means so much more to them than Trey would mean to any other team trading for him. You know, are you really going to give up assets to get this guy that is potentially, you know, a serious liability on defense, especially if you're like a a borderline playoff team or like a borderline contender, like that's not the guy you're going to get. So I think for that reason, Trey will be a hawk for the foreseeable future. One team I would mention is if the Spurs can, trade for him they certainly have um the means to make up for that deficiency on defense with trade for trey or or dejounte again no trey oh trey okay but yeah i kind of like that that's the only that's the only spot i would say like the spurs actually could go out of their way to do that um maybe someone like the t wolves if they had um i don't think they had the assets anyway so that's why i do think trey will be there um they'll move on dejounte he'll get like two first round picks but I think the problem is he's not the defender he was uh, when he was on the Spurs or even like last year on the Hawks. And he's definitely not no. the offensive, um, you know, juggernaut that he was on the Spurs. So they, yeah. you know, it, it's tough. It's, it's, that's just like a tough, um, it's tough to reason for both them on your team. So yeah, they're, they're going to make the plan though, but you know, for for what after that, because they'll lose too. Yeah. I think the top eight in the East is set. And if the, if there's like a funky play in where, you know, the Pacers get knocked out by 
the Hawks or the Raptors. Um, I don't see that happening, but I think the eight is set with uh, there's like five teams in the East that are all within a half game the Knicks, the Magic, the Heat, the Cavs, the Pacers. I think so, all of them. Yeah. Then, then you have the Hawks and Raptors are probably right behind them. But yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying to, is okay, really, really quickly. Like you're saying the Hawks are going to make the plan. I'm not so convinced. Out of the teams in the plan right now, the Pacers, Heat, Nets, and Bulls, who are they jumping? They're jumping who's the in, Nets and the Bulls. Who's out for the Hawks? Nets and Bulls are down. I would have the Hawks, and I would honestly have the Raptors jumping both those teams. I think the Nets are wow. really, really ripping in the wrong direction. And I think the Bulls, I think they answer our questions from earlier um, and move on from some of these guys and let Kobe White take 22 shots a night, like something like that. So I think they do fall out. I think the bottom three in the East are generational, so don't have to worry about them. But I, I, I like the Hawks at times. Like they, they can put up one fit, one forty, one fifty. No, they can yeah, score. they can score with the best of them. I know, and it's that's why they'll, they'll play any defense. They'll probably get to you know maybe a couple games under five hundred, and they'll yeah they'll be the I think they'll be the ten or nine, um, but with no real shot of making an impact in the playoffs. Although if they played like the Bucks, I think they would like win a game like one forty to one thirty or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's time, like things need to be addressed. Um, yeah, because this time. is not the, this is not the style roster you can have next to Trey Young. Um, no, that's what I said at, at the beginning. I just don't think this is a winning, uh, basketball roster and the way it's constructed in 2024. I just, I just don't. Um, so yeah, Hawks are my first panic meter team. Enough of them. Uh, it's kind of sad that all we're talking about is mediocrity on this pod. Uh, not right. a lot. Of, I know there's going to be a lot of positive uh, moments and stuff, but we'll see. Yeah. All right, so you're up next now. Who's your next uh, panic? Um, so mine is going to be so again, like relative, like it's not a complete blow up like the last two teams we said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but mine's going to staying in the East. I'm going to go to the Cavs, and not Ooh, not that's just a like good one. I had them. Yeah. Not just generally, like I think there's serious questions. So obviously, everyone's been talking about the D. Mitch situation. His um, he's up for an extension. He's going to say no, basically. I mean, it's all you know. That's the only thing reported. If he were to say yes, then that was a horribly uh, understood story um, for the past year and a half, basically. But you have this roster. Um, two, your best two players are guards. You'd want your best player to be Mobley, who they drafted, who I think a lot of people still feel confident about. Hasn't taken that leap yet. But then you look at Mobley's been out for the past two weeks and Jared Allen has been balling. So they yeah. have good players. And they and by the way, Garland yeah. and Mobley have been out. Like the two the people um, everyone wants to build around. They've been out and they've been winning games. Like they're eight and two in the last ten. They have good players. They just don't mesh perfectly. So you that that no. is why it's not a complete rebuild. It's let's answer some questions and construct the roster better. I think if you take the Cavs and the Knicks and you just say like, here's our top four or five guys, I think you're probably going to lean towards the Cavs for that top end talent, but the Knicks just mesh so much better. Take advantage of that in the playoffs. And that's just like, you know, the means of constructing a basketball team that complement each other. So I think they have a lot of redundancies. Allen is obviously good. Mobley is good. They're not great together. How can you answer that? The number one way would be to get Mobley to start shooting 40% from three. Uh, but we'll see if that happens. But like I said, it's not, not a complete blow. You you have guys you can build around. You have guys that the fans are excited about. Um, Garland could be an offensive, uh, really a one-man show at times. 
you know, you know, 10 plus assists, 25 a night. Um, but like, what are you going to do? If they weren't able to sign D Mitch, I would trade Garland for sure. I think, I, I don't think that's a question. I don't know if they'll be able to do that though. Yeah. So the two questions I think are right there for them. Can you move D Mitch for a, an absolute haul? Um, and then, you know, how do you effectively get the most out of Mobley? What is he going to grow into? You obviously, you know, you want the most out of him offensively, but you just need to elevate his game the most. And I don't think that's next to Jared Allen. So maybe that's the guy that has to move. But four very good players, I yeah. think, not perfect for each other. Yeah, I, this one's tough for me because I think, I think in terms of this season alone, the Cavs are uh, they're capped. If this team is the same past the deadline, I think this is probably a a second round exit kind of team. Um, like you said, it, there's two problems: it's the Garland Mitchell fit and it's the Mobley Allen fit. All individually great players. But together, it, it's just not working. Um, if if that's the case, if the team is the same come the trade deadline, then this is a second-round exit team, and I think D. Mitch leaves. If they were to shake things up before the deadline, I think it would have to be Mitchell because Garland's so young, and I don't think – and I'm pretty sure he's under contract. Like You don't trade a guy like Garland, a Garland at the deadline – without absolutely knowing that Mitchell is staying, right? You can't do that. You can't end 100%. up with neither of them. So I don't think that's a likely scenario. I think the most likely scenario is they either trade Mitchell um, or Jared Allen or both. One yeah, of them I think or both. I, I, no, that's um, the answer, right? And that's what yeah. everyone's pointing to. But-, but that doesn't make them better this year. But like you said, I still think there are pieces on this roster that the fans can get excited about. Like if that were to happen – then you're basically telling the fan base like, hey, like we are building around Garland and Mobley. Like those are our guys and we're going to build the team around them and sign me up. Like, you know what I mean? I could be talked into that. Obviously, it mm-hmm. sucks seeing someone of D. Mitch's caliber walk out the door. But if that were the case, like it, this isn't like this isn't like Pistons level dire straits for them. Right. Like they have right. good players. Um, but in just in terms of this season. I think they're pretty much stuck with what they have, right? I mean, there's nothing they can really yeah. do to make yeah. this team better and keep their core. Right? Yeah, sorry. I think uh, I'm going to cut out a second there. But right. um, yeah, I think they have they have one question to answer. It's like, do you want to trade Demich before the deadline or do you want to trade him in the summer? And I think they would rather trade him in the summer. I don't think his value is too different either way. Maybe like, let's see what happens this year. Can we take the three, you know, the two or three seed to seven games? Um, but they, they have until the end of next summer to make a decision. If, if Demich is on the roster this time next year, I would be surprised. Um, yeah. But yeah. And, and we'll see. But Mo- Mobley not being Kevin Garnett, hurts them <laughs> as some uh as some wanted him to be Oof. yeah the Mobley pieces it, it's been it's been tough so far I'm not writing him off I don't think any of us are writing him off but it's been a slower growth than we all uh had hoped for uh yeah we can just that, um, leave it at that that draft with uh that draft has been so up and down like 
you know, we we're, we're doing our panic meter teams today, but looking at panic meter players, like I just wanted to go to that 2021 draft because there's guys that like they had moments. They were, they, it was such a good draft on paper and there's so many unanswered questions like Kate, yeah. Jalen Green, Mobley, Scotty Barnes has really emerged. I mean, Scotty uh, Barnes is the best one out of that group. Yeah. Yeah. Undoubtedly. And then Suggs um, has looked amazing. And I'm like, yeah. And he looked awful to start. He's kind of like a late bloomer. And then some yeah, of these looked- guys just haven't even really bloomed yet at all. <laughs> like, Mobley. yes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a funky draft. Like you said, the talent's all there. They're all really good players, but some of it's like fit and team others. It's just like, man, this guy just hasn't taken that leap yet. And, you know, once you start hitting like year three, I think that's when we all kind of expect you to sort of pop, right? It's like, that's when you go from 12 points a game to 18 and it's like, Oh yeah, this guy's here, you know? And all these guys are, they get their contract this summer. So like the the Pistons look at Cade. Yeah. Cade can get, I don't know what the numbers work out to be because I don't think Cade made like a, if you make an all NBA team in your first three years, you get like a super max basically. Yeah. So like yeah. Ant Edwards, Lamelo Ball, super duper, yeah, Halliburton, they all got that last off season. This off season would be Cade. I mean, the Pistons need to keep him. Jalen Green, I don't know what you pay him. Mobley, I don't know what you pay him. Scotty Barnes, are you giving Scotty Barnes a, a mini super max? Like all these guys have questions. You want to bring them in? Like I guess they'll get their fourth fourth year option, and then. The extension will wait a little bit, maybe buy you some time for all these guys. But yep. yeah, I mean, I just that that draft is funky. Then it goes down the line like Giddy questions, Kaminga, he's got yeah. issues. Franz Wagner, Franz, we all love. Yeah. Um, Shangun, Trey Murphy, he's a beast. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I, the twenty twenty one draft, three years in, we have no idea basically. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are you, uh, anything else you want to add on the Cavs? Are you, you good? You covered what you wanted to cover? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're just like hanging around. I think they brought in good guys. Like when they lost that series to the Knicks, they, all they needed was a guy that could just shoot 43% from three or, yeah, Struce. Struce is doing it. Um, they've got another white guy. I forget. Yeah, I know. I, I don't remember his name, but yeah, I've seen him play. It's slipping me. And like, name. yeah, every night you go check on the Cavs, they're, you know, it looks, you'd, you'd just be like, oh, all the guys are playing. Nope, it's just D-Mitch, Struess, and Jared Allen 2020. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, you, like stick around. Like, let D-Mitch ball out for the season. D-Mitch will get second team. Like, that'll be good for him. And then let's see let's see where it goes. It, it's all on Mobley. Can Mobley make a, make a jump? Because yeah. that that is what would take them to like from you know middling playoff team to contender is him to be the guy that able to be on both sides of the ball. Yep. Yep. Okay, that's a good one. Also had them on my list. My yep. turn now. Oof. Boy, this just makes me so angry on so many different levels. But I'm. I'm going with the Warriors here, and I'll explain why in a bit. This makes me mad on so many different levels. Okay, so the Golden State Warriors are 17 and 19. They're currently outside the plan. They are the 11th seed right now. Quick quick numbers. They have a .1 net rating, which is 17th in the league. 
Um, I, there's so much, there's so many moving parts with this team. It's kind of hard to just sum it up in one sentence, why this team isn't good. Um, I think first and foremost, the problem with this team is I just don't think they, they know what their lineup are. Their lineup is, I mean, Steve Kerr hasn't been able to stick with like a single, like go-to lineup the whole year. And I don't blame them because none of them are good. None of their lineups are good. Like there's not one lineup you can point to where it's like, I I love this lineup. Like our defense is good or our offense is good with this lineup. Like they, because all of their guys are horrible, specifically clay and Draymond, who is just a whole separate story. I think this team is, you know, in years past, you can kind of be like, Oh, like the, the warriors are struggling, but it's the warriors. Like they got that championship pedigree. They'll be okay. No, like that, the buck ends here with that. Like there is no, I don't think this team has a second wind. I don't think this team makes a run. I just think they're bad. They don't play defense. They still suck on the road. Clay Thompson has just, I mean, the writing's on the wall for him. He's just kind of reverted into this just, just sporadic. He's not the same defensive player anymore. He's not the same shooter anymore. And then just all the drama with their young guys, like the Kaminga stuff and Kerr's not playing him and Kaminga wants to play. And But Kerr's been so weird all year. He's like not playing the young guys. Then he plays the young guys. Then, then they're benched in crunch time when they've been playing good the whole game. And it's just so weird. It's such a mess. And Draymond's been suspended for uh, over 10 games now. They weren't very good when he was playing. I, I think I, the... The issue for me with this team is, number one, I don't know what outs this team has. I mean, like, what are their trade chips? CP3, Clay, and, and Kaminga? Like, none of those guys are going to get you a return that that makes you any better this year. Wiggins has been awful. And the reason I'm saying I'm mad, <laughs> this makes me mad, is because if you look at the team that beat my team in the finals two years ago, the Celtics, you look at guys like Wiggins and Pool, who's not even on the team anymore, but we're going to get to Pool. <laughs> Spoiler alert later. I mean, those guys were incredible. The Warriors don't win that series without Wiggins and Pool. Wiggins was the second best player on the team. I don't know if you've yep. seen him this year. He's just downright bad. He got benched at one point this season. Like he can't, he can't rebound for crap anymore. He can't score for crap anymore. I don't know. It, it's just one of those like kind of, you just kind of feel bad for Steph that he's got a, deal with this sort of stuff but yeah this team is legit panic mode for me i think they're gonna maybe they get the 10 seed but i in all likelihood to me i think the west is too is too stacked i don't even know if this team makes a play in so yeah this team is full-on just panic meter to me yeah um I'm all in. I think uh, not only are they on the panic meter, I think they're panicking. Like, I, like they know. Oh, yeah, they it's know already this. like yeah. yeah. They they know. And do I feel bad for stuff? Uh, I don't know if I could say that, given how his career has gone. Uh, he's had the benefit of the doubt a few times, but let's see. Oh, 100%. Like, you're facing adversity here. The team is not good, um, as you've addressed. I think the number one thing <clears throat> to point out is they miss Draymond offensively, like. Working no, with Steph, run, and running not in the way you think. Them. Yeah, exactly. And if you if you are missing out on you know thirty four year old Draymond offensively, like <laughs> that's not a good basketball team. No, like and and they chose they miss him. So, um, and but like you said, can they even trade him? Uh, he'll be back soon, and I don't know what that does yeah. to the team. Um, I think 
let's start with they're not a serious threat to win. Um, I think we all we all know that they'll certainly have a shot to be you know a six seed through they're at eleven now. They could certainly go on a run. Uh, Chris Paul's out for a few weeks. I think he <laughs> he like broke, broke his, his hand. He's out for like a month. Yeah, and, he wasn't uh, very good when he was playing either. They still won the trade, so <laughs> they, yeah, they they won the trade by getting Pool out of there. I think I think that oh, was like yeah. a, a huge deal that they kind of had to sign to like say, well, this guy, you know. He helped us. He contributed. He really did contribute to a ring. They got him his money and they took advantage yeah. of the situation and got, you know, whatever assets they are, like it's not working out perfectly, but I think that was done right. Um, and now Bob Myers is not in the building. Let's see, you know, what the new management can come up with, but I don't think you trade clay for what it like, are you really going to disrupt that, you know, that legacy and that, that trio for maybe a first, I don't think anyone's giving you, no one's giving you a good first. Like you're not no, getting a lottery pick. You're not. But he's getting... an expiring, so obviously he's not going to get the money he wants from the Warriors. I don't think he's going to get the money he wants from any team this offseason. If you haven't seen him play, he wants like probably forty million a year. He ain't no forty million a year player. Like, uh, I was thinking like close, two, maybe half, two, two <laughs> for fifty, like hometown yeah. deal. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be like a huge win. If, like, like, could you even name the second best player on this team? I, I don't even know who it is. You could give yeah. me three different names and you can make an argument for all. Th- it's like, I don't, I don't think this team has a defined second best player and that's not good. No. It could be anyone from, <laughs> from, uh, Looney to Draymond to pods. Like <laughs> we, pods. I, I don't know. Yeah. Pod, I literally don't know because none of them are good this year. So yeah, I think, I think this team is stuck this year. I think it's a really rude awakening for them. They're going to be super disappointed come year end because they're either going to be like a 10 seed and not even like make the, you know, the eight or seven seed, uh, or they just miss the playoffs altogether. Uh, I don't think there's any sort of move this team can make that like propels them into a top eight seed by the deadline. I, I just don't see it. I don't. Yeah. Maybe like, maybe like Wiggins and CP three and like a pick for, I like this spot for Levine personally. Um, Ooh. I like this spot for Levine DeRozan. If they were to trade him, um, yeah. guys like that. But I was thinking the big one that keeps coming up, uh, is like Siakam to the Warriors. Yeah. yeah. Who? But I don't I mean, even think. He's not even playing that well this season. So do, <laughs> how much does I, he help them? I personally think Siakam is the least attractive big trade item like in the whole league. He's due like a bunch of money. He's made two, one or two all NBA teams. So he's like mm-hmm. eligible. I don't know how it's going to work. Like I don't, I don't think anyone's going to give it to him or I don't know what he can get on like the open market. But I just don't want to pay him any more than no what he's making now, which is I'm sure is 25 plus million. Like he, yeah, no. but if you get him on like, yeah. So that was the one I, I saw, but um, I don't even know how you would get him. The the most, the best trade piece they have is Kaminga. And I think that's a guy you would ideally like to be playing. Um, I don't know if it's like they the won't reason- trade him, but they also don't play him. It's like, wh- what is he to you guys? Then You know, like either yeah. go all in on this guy or get rid of him because it's frustrating. It's, like Kerr benches him in crunch time or whatever, or doesn't play him at all. 
for like the second half, but then they'll come out and say like, yeah, like we're not getting rid of Kaminga, like he's our guy. Like which yeah. is it? And I think yeah, like Clay plays over him at the end, which is tough. Yeah. And they're they're trying to like revive Clay. They're like resuscitating them, but it it's just tough. It's not it's not there. Kaminga, I I love those reports that came out this week that like those young guys are unhappy. Like Kaminga, I'm like, all right, I get it. Like because he has like the stats to back it up. They'll play like 15 minutes, have 15 points, and like they'll be winning, and then like they'll they'll lose a lead. He won't play like the last quarter and a half stuff like that and then like moody was like on a upset i was like okay i don't get it <laughs> moody's just moody yeah um but yeah no they, they like it seems like they failed all those young guys i mean wiseman was just a miss um which yep. stinks like they, they could have gone so many different ways in that draft i honestly wanted them to get top him uh which i don't know how that would look now It'd be better than wiseman and uh, yeah, certainly the the big prize there was either Lamelo or, Hall- or Halliburton, uh, just a guy to run the offense, let Steph literally run around and basically yep. be like more of a spot up. Um, Steph still to take the last shot in games, but yeah, that, that that's where that's where it started. Um, and then you you know you mentioned all that, and somehow this team won. Like I don't know how it, they beat this. It Celtics. makes me so mad to this day how that team won. I don't. Yeah. I just can't. Wrap that my head not. around it to this day. It was not a good team. It just wasn't. They got Wiggins. lucky, literally. And I'm not saying that just because it was the Celtics that they beat. But, I mean, just look at where Wiggins and Poole are now. Like, you can't make it up. You can't make it up. I'm done talking about the Warriors. I, I, your turn. <laughs> so mad. Yeah. No. They – I don't even know what, what the answer is. But – uh you have to try and evolve to another iteration of stuff. And it's hard with, with guys like this, like the Lakers were able to do it with Kobe, but it was difficult. It took like them getting pow for like free basically. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know who's going to, you know, be helping out the warriors. So yeah. we'll see. Um, maybe Bron, Bron to the warriors. That's all I can think. <laughs> stuff um, to the Lakers. I mean, <laughs> uh, all right. I got, I got a few. Some are pretty predictable. I've got a nice hot take, though, so I think I'll bring that one. All right, I'm all ears. I think I think it might be time to panic in Philadelphia, dude. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, dude. Am I, think I missing something? What happened? So They're the three seed. Are they going to win it all this year? No. I, I, I was talking to Dan about this on the last episode. I I don't even have them like in the contenders bubble to me. Like, maybe a foot in, a foot out, but no, my answer is no. And and why is that? Because you've seen Embiid play in the playoffs for the most part, and I still think this team's like a guy short. Yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more. So it it started with this is what triggered me. So the the Knicks took the doors off the Sixers wagon on Friday. The undermanned Sixers. That's how it was reported. So I looked I looked at it. I was like, who wasn't playing for this team? <laughs> and they were missing No, <laughs> Batum was playing. Batum is an everyday starter for this team. Yeah, I know. Problem, which, problem which, number which, one. Yeah. Which frightens me for them. Oh, it scares me. So I was roasting Batum with, last episode. Yeah, go on. Let's start with let's actually start with the positive. Tyrese Maxey is an awesome player. Like yeah. Kentucky guard. One thing I always say is Kentucky would have won the championship in the bubble the year it didn't happen because they had Maxi and quickly. And like, mm-hmm. I just love those two guys. 
Um, so let's start like that's one. So Mac, Maxi will probably be maybe maybe all NBA like he's on the fringe, but he's having an awesome season. And like you really like to see that when you trade off a Harden for really no hard assets. Like they got like the one pick, maybe some other picks down the road. Um, but you really have the opportunity for Maxi to you know up his usage and really be one of the front runners for most improved. So for yeah. that, that's awesome. And Maxi's also like he could be a bucket getter in the playoffs. Like he could be a guy to to kill you for three threes in the fourth quarter, stuff oh, yeah. like that. So I do like them, him and Embiid, but I think this this roster, like, I don't know where it goes now. So I'm saying this this is why it's a hot take because they're obviously the three seed, but I'm looking ahead and I don't think they have, I don't think they have the firepower to beat Boston. I actually think they would lose to the Heat and the Knicks and the, the Bucks. I have my own questions about, but I think that would be like a pretty good series, but they would probably not have the edge there either. And then I'm looking ahead to this offseason. What what do they have? Um, like, how can they uh, improve the roster after the fact? And they have all these guys coming off the books. They're finally done with the Tobias Harris deal. But what's the big move? What are you saving all those chips for? This I've seen the Knicks do this five times in the last five offseasons. Is like, who's the big guy? They're coming to New York. Like, is there a guy coming to Philadelphia? Yeah. Or are you trading for one? And if you're trading for one, who's it going to be? So... I just think they have all these guys coming off the books. I don't know if they want to make a move this year. Uh, we've seen them make a move for Harden in the middle of the season uh, that didn't necessarily like overall change their fate, you know, still knocked out in the second round. And I think they're, it's going to be very hard to do that in the off season when all these guys are gone. Do you, you you're, you're going to have a high draft pick. It's not like you're getting a lottery pick this year. You're going to have, you, you kind of control your own destiny, destiny with your future assets. But I just think this team is like, They've kind of hit their mini peak and that is like all that together. And I don't think Embiid is the guy to take a roster like this no. all the way to the championship. Like I they have said two that guys on the last that, episode, I said that exact same thing that they have two guys that everyone their, loves. Uh, yeah. And just to kind of like piggyback off that, like you said, who is this, you know, saving grace that's going to come there and stuff. I don't know who that is, but that's why in the beginning of this episode, I said, I like this. Um, I liked Levine to the Sixers or Siakam or, you know, plug one of those dudes that's available on the block because I think this team really needs, I think they're a guy short, like straight up. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't trust dudes like Melton and, and Batum and, and uh, all those guys like come playoff time. I don't, I don't even trust their best player in beat. So I think this team definitely has, a very apparent ceiling. I don't really think anyone thinks this team is going to win the title this year. I, I, they are a nice surprise and they're playing well and they're the three seed and maxi, all that's like good and fun. It's a great story. I, they're good, but this team is, is so clearly capped because I, the roster outside of Embiid and maxi is just not that good straight up. It's just not, they're not a deep team. I mean, it's it's just not. They're clearly a guy short. And like you said, I like all those teams you mentioned kind of more than them come playoff time. Yeah, the Sixers will beat up on you in the regular season, but come playoff time, I like all those teams more than them. So yeah, I'm 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 worried about this team from April on. But like right now, I, I'm not and I don't know like like you said, they have a lot of expirings and stuff. So what's like kind of the move this offseason? But I trust Daryl Morey. For the most part, I, I think he knows what he's doing or what he kind of wants to do. Um, 
So I'm not as nervous about like that, but yeah. I I would be pretty nervous. I think this I think we're seeing oh, yeah. their ceiling right now is three seed. And I think their ceiling would be if they can get to the ECF. But okay. unless they get lucky and they get to play like two mediocre teams, like if they play one mediocre and one good team, they're not making it. And I just looked at their payroll. They have Embiid, obviously, on the books. You know, we have our questions about him in the playoffs. But besides that, they have, they have to pay Maxi. That's the other one. Then they have two players on contract for next year, Jaden Springer and Paul Reed. And Paul Reed's an option. No, Jaden Springer's an option, and Paul Reed has a player option, which I don't know if he'll take okay. that. No one else is on the team. So I think they might have to make a move. And I don't think Levine solves anything. I don't even know if they can get D-Mitch. That would – what does it then like, you know, your two best players are guards again, kind of, with mm-hmm. – I don't know, with Embiid. But if they don't address that before this deadline, I think you go into the offseason with no tradable salaries. Literally, you have Embiid, Maxi, who you're not trading. And then it's not like you have, like, these middle-of-the-road guys that you can kind of just – Is it a good up. free agent class this summer, though? No, no. I, no. I think one guy – I think one guy they'll – Really, which well, they might have to re-sign dudes like Tobias. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they'll they'll probably have to re they'll re-sign Rocco and they'll re-sign like Korkmaz and maybe Ubre, I guess. Yeah. Um, so they have guys like I like, but you know they'll re-sign them. But then I think they'll they'll take a swing at a free agent, and there's not really any available. One I think would be great on this team is OG, which is I mean that worries me yeah. as a Knicks fan because. That just, you know, ups the stakes for him. Like, that ups the market for him. So, you know, what is he going to get in the offseason? The Sixers, looking at this payroll and looking at what they're taking into next year, they certainly should want be willing to throw 30, 35 million at a guy like OG. Um, so something like that. But, yeah, I think I would be panicking just in the sense that what is the next move? I think they know there's, you know, they're close and they've got a guy, they've got an MVP in the building. He might be MVP again, which also – is maybe a little bit worrisome. Like Embiid is going up for 30, 35 a night. So, and he's played almost every game. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know where that takes them. I think that, I think we're seeing their ceiling though, um, which, you know, okay. we'll see where they go. All that aside, do love Maxi, And uh, I think he'll be there for, for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm glad I let you talk. Cause I didn't really think, I didn't really trust where you were going with this, but I, I hear you. I was, I was definitely taken aback when I heard the Sixers. Um, but yeah, I, I agree for the most part with a lot of that. So we'll see. I, I think this team could be hot. Could be hot. We'll see. Yeah, it, it could be hot. Uh, I would be thoroughly shocked if this team makes a run at the NBA finals. I'll just, I'll, I'll keep it at that. Okay. I'm up next now. My third panic meter team. This might be hot for you because I was kind of off, not off, but I was definitely had my reservations about them before the season. And it's definitely looking like I'm right on this. The Phoenix Suns are panic meter as hell to me. Okay. First off, this team has no depth, no size. They don't play a lick of defense. Their bench is probably one of the worst in the league. Uh, And they're small. And um, Nurkic is their starting center. And I went over this with Dan. You look at the centers in the West that they're going to have to go through in the playoffs. There's no shot. Nurkic can't check any of those dudes. He's the worst of the bunch. 
it's it's bad. No rim protection. He's an offensive oriented guy who's not even really that good on offense. So he's he's a problem for them. And then another thing is just, you know, what plagues all these big threes is they don't stay healthy. The big three, they don't play. Beal is always hurt. You kind of knew that when you traded for him. But anyway, Booker has a lengthy injury history as well as Durant, who is older. So it's, you know, more understandable. But your younger dudes and Beal and Booker are also always hurt a lot. So the big three just doesn't even play. And it's kind of the same it's kind of the same sort of problem that I thought they had last year when they traded for Durant was like, Oh, like how long is this team going to have to sort of like mesh, you know, like, cause he was hurt. Remember when they traded for him, he was like, he got hurt. And so he really didn't play until like, yeah. like, like March almost when they got him and he then they were going like to be in the playoffs. Games. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, if this team isn't getting those reps in, in the regular season, I don't know what the hell they're going to look like come playoff time. But even when they do play, I still don't think this is a big three that works. And they are, what are they? I have it up here. They're currently ninth in the West. They're 19 and 17. So they're two games above 500. Um, And I think this team's in trouble. I don't think, I just don't think this team is a finals contender. I really don't. When Dan and I did our finals bubbles last episode, I didn't have them on because I don't think they can win the finals. This team has no, they don't have a single good defender on the team. I mean, they literally play no defense. And I just don't know. I don't trust the big three. I don't trust their health. I don't trust I don't trust any of it. Like, yeah, they can give you 30 apiece and go, you know, combine for 90 in a game, and they'll win that game. That might be the only game they win that series, though. So I think this team's in trouble. They, I mean, and Durant's already unhappy, and he's complaining too, so that should tell you a lot. And he's complaining, and it's like, yeah, dude. They gutted the entire roster to trade for you. So yeah, the team kind of sucks outside of uh, outside of you three. <laughs> what do you expect? Yeah. So I think this team's in big trouble. I don't take them seriously as a contender at all. And you want to talk like panic in terms of like big picture? I mean, they traded every single asset they had for Durant and Beal. Like this team is stuck. Yeah. Uh, unless obviously they traded those guys again to sort of rebuild. But as it is right now, this isn't a team that can make moves on the fly at the deadline to bolster the roster and make them better because they don't have anyone else to trade. They have no picks. They have no dudes outside of the big three that you want. So they're stuck uh, with what they got. And I don't think what they got is very good. So, yeah. What do you think? I mean, you're 100% right on everything. They're on my my long list here. I mean, maybe even my short list. The only thing is (laughs) – while they can panic, they can't do anything. They have to just literally watch. Which That's is what I'm like, saying. They're stuck. So, I mean, we could sit here and say they should do this, they should do that. Nope. They should literally sit there and watch what they've created, Ishbia. And, yeah, we'll see what they get out of them. I was – I had their over this year. Yeah, I know. And it was like 50-whatever and a half games. Yeah, it was like 50. <laughs> it was like 50, that. 51. Yeah, it was definitely aggressive. They, I mean, they could still do it, but – yeah, I was definitely could, banking I don't on think they will. Booker getting hurt for a while. There was, I didn't expect Kevin Durant has played like almost every game. So I would have, yeah, I know. And then Beal literally, he came back against the Knicks for the first time in a while and rolled his ankle in the first quarter, yep. out for four more, five more games. Yep. So yeah, I think all that aside, this team is, is really just, um, it's very unique. It's, it, it feels almost old fashioned at this point and where we are in, you know, in the NBA and what teams are good, like the growing teams, like you look at the Nuggets, the Celtics, the Thunder now, 
um, the Heat, the Knicks, even like all those teams are just like much more. They were like constructed with like serious intent and putting the right guys around each other. This team was like one of those you feel like the old era, like really the 2010s at this point of just like, hey, let's get three guys in the building and let them figure it out. And Bradley Beal is not yeah. LeBron James. So, but like you said, like they, they certainly should be panicking and they should also just be watching because they're not going to be able to do anything. Beal has a no trade clause, which is insane. It's like the most and ridiculous then, no trade clause ever. Like he did nothing. Yeah. Everything about Beal, like his contract, his no trade clause, just everything is just so ridiculous. I mean, there's I don't know if there's been a player in the league that accomplished so little yet got so much for those little I mean I mean granted he did play for the Washington Wizards so that definitely helps you when the team is garbage and you're the only reason people even want to show up so they gave him what he he wanted so anyway yeah it's a crazy deal we'll see what they can get out of him like Grayson Allen and Eric Gordon I do like for you know what they make and I think they're they're good role players um but like I said they're role players you know they still needed – I look back on, like, the two games they beat the Nuggets, and which is why I kind of, like, liked them this year. I think I liked them more regular season than to beat the Nuggets again. But those guys would just go out and get 80, and this team was unbelievable just because of that. And I think yeah. Devin Booker has not looked like himself. I don't know if it was, like, injury-related no. or he's just not gelling with these random uh, mosh-posh parts, scrap parts. Um, but he's, you know, he's averaging like 22 or 23 in the last, you know, uh, I think it was like 10 or 15 games. He started off the season so hot too. And I was like excited for point book. Like he was yeah. averaging like eight to 10 assists at the end of last year. He was so good. Um, and yeah, like, like you said, like Kevin Durant, we traded the whole team. I don't know if Kevin Durant feels like a level of, if he feels like any responsibility, but like these teams he keeps going to like the grim reaper and just know, rips dude. them apart guts them up their assets and yeah nothing to show for it so i don't know it's it's really a shame and uh and yeah i certainly don't think they're a title contender i think they'll make the playoffs though i think i would like no, them. i do too yeah you take yeah. that you take I'm that middle group the playoffs, but you know you take that middle group there the 9 10 11 uh, Warriors 11, Lakers 10, and Suns 9. I like them more than the other two, which may be yeah. ending at my one of my other panic teams. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I don't I don't expect them to to make a deep run. Um, but at the same time, I, I will give them a chance. Like yes, they, they should be worried. I can't say panic though because they don't have any moves. They literally just have to sit down and watch. That's what so, I'm, that's that's why it's panic to me. So you said like. I, I agree too. I they'll make the playoffs, but you didn't get Booker, Beal, and Durant on the same team to make the playoffs. You you gutted your roster and got those guys to win a championship. That's why I'm saying it's it's panic because they have no outs. They traded all their picks, all their assets. Like this this has to work. You know what I mean? Like if it doesn't, it's a it's the same thing as the Nets victory. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's and like we'll that, it that didn't work and that's a disaster. Okay. Like when you trade for those guys and you gut your team. And they don't win. That's a disaster. That's why I'm saying it's 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 concerning to me that the team is not real. I mean, they're not they're okay, but they're not even like remotely great at all. I mean, they're in what did I say again? Ninth place. Yeah. So the fact that they're not even the top of the conference right now, 
uh, has me concerned. And they just haven't even looked particularly well either. They lose to bad teams and they don't play defense. So yeah, I think the team's in trouble. They'll make the playoffs, sure, but they're I don't think they're a contender as they are right now. I'll give them a chance, like you said. Like, who knows? Beal and, and Booker and Durant, like I said, could drop could bind for a hundred freaking points in a game. Sure. But yeah. can you do that over a playoff run? Can you do that over a seven game series? I don't know. So yeah, I'm definitely uh concerned. I think about they that. can. I think they can. Uh with their injury history though? I mean, well, you don't even know if you're going to get a playoff out of Beal. How many games is he going to play? Like, you, you take this team and you're like, drop right. 30 night. you take this thing and you're like, when they're healthy. And I get like the first thing you say is like, they're not healthy though. Like, it, it, it's like, I know they're not. But like, when they are, like you saw, you brought these guys together to be three guys that can get 40 a night, three guys that can, you know, take over a game. And they haven't had the ability to show that. And they're in striking distance. So I think for that, they just have to kind of like sit idle and and watch and maybe let Devin Booker elevate to the next level again. Maybe they'll get to play together uh, at some point. But I think the best point you brought up was Jokic would literally just run circles on them. And AD oh. even would, you know, yeah. t- take them to town kind of. Uh, okay. So I, I, they do not have the front court. And the, that, no. those are the best teams in the league are just amazing. They're huge they can get rebounds. Yeah. They can score from Clean inside. Clean the glass, protect the rim. Yeah, you need so, that now. Which is why, yeah, it's them, an the Warriors. Yeah. Um, they all have the yeah. same problems. They're small and they don't have a good center. And they, they get killed on the glass and they get killed in the paint. So. so, yeah. I mean, I think of the teams we've named today, they're like, there's nothing to do. So, they're watching. They're sitting on the sidelines. I don't even know, you know, what they're thinking. Uh, I don't know if Monty changes their fate. They moved off of him this off season, but I mean, this was a team, I guess it was a different roster, but they didn't win anything. And then like, no, Chris Paul showed up and then they go yeah. to the finals, but you know, maybe this yeah. team is just, <laughs> no, but like on that same note, like what did Monty Williams ever do? And he got the biggest coaching deal in NBA history. It's like, wait, what? Like why, what did he do? <laughs> they went to one finals when they got Chris Paul, like, like what? But okay. Like, I don't know yeah. what that, I don't know what everyone was smoking in Phoenix, but yeah, weird, like weird stuff, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely want, I don't know. I want them to to blow it up and make Devin Booker available. <laughs> They'll never do that. Devin Booker is their guy. If they have to make a new version of the Suns team. It's going to be around Devin Booker again. So I think oh, course, if there was anything to, to do, it's this off season. If they don't make the playoffs, what would you say? Like, what, what would you do if they don't, if they're the, if they I, lose a playing game basically and they geez. miss the playoffs, how would you even go about that? I, I do not envy Matt Ishbia's situation if that's the case, because that is like all time disaster. I don't even know what you would do. I don't, I, I, the easy answer is trade Booker and I mean, trade Beal and Durant, but I, I don't know how like plausible that is, but I, I, for their sake, I hope that doesn't happen because that's that's a crazy hypothetical. <laughs> I don't I, know what the hell I would do. It, I think it's literally trade KD, and then you basically say, "Yeah, I." The first thing Ishbia when he got there, the first thing he did was trade for KD. And if you're this offseason, you already have to move off him. It's like I'm okay, saying, it's I was just... horribly wrong. And then you're starting from not even scratch. You're starting from less than scratch. Yeah, you're starting to get from Devin ground Booker, zero. Real team. Like that yeah. is. That's a mess, man. 
So hopefully it doesn't come to that though. But <laughs> could you imagine? It, it no, I, I literally couldn't. If I were Ishbia and that happened, I, I think I would just sell the team again. <laughs> I was like, I'm out. This NBA ownership shit was fun, but I'm out. I can't do this. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, all right. I'm good off the Suns. You're, you're up now. All right. I've got another like mini hot one for you. Good. I'm all about the hot takes on Podnam. All right. And this is relative. Like, you know, I, I don't love wanna, how that's your, I know you preface all of your hot takes with this is <laughs> cause this isn't, this isn't like a Hawks blow up. No, but I get it. Like, yeah. It's this not is a like, Pistons. I said that at the like, beginning of the podcast. This is like, what do we do here? And it's your boys, Sacramento Kings. Oh, I was afraid you were going to say that dude. I, now I got to freaking try and defend them for 10 minutes. Go on. So first things first, like they had their most successful season in uh in the last however many years and they made it to the first round last year they lost to the warriors in game seven that was awesome um you know when when you haven't had any success like that for 20 years like you certainly take it again like not to always bring up the knicks but you just like appreciate just like a team that can win on every night basis so for that i commend them they're certainly in the right direction and by no means do they need to sell the house and get rid of everyone but I think they certainly um, haven't optimized this roster fully. And I don't know if they're going to try and grow into that or if they want to address it this year. I just think they're on the verge of getting lapped by a lot of teams. Like they showed a little bit and they have mm. De'Aaron Fox, who I think is, you know, a perennial all-NBA guy. Stud. Uh, yeah. He's an stud. absolute stud. And then Sabonis is a very good regular season player. You can run an offense through him. He can have a night where he gets 25, 15, and 10. Um, I think he has um, – some questions and you know he may be a liability on the defensive end in the playoffs but i think that is certainly something that you can move forward with and they've certainly hit um the nail on the head uh with keegan murray so for all that that's awesome but outside of that i think they they don't really know what they want to do to get to the next level and i don't know if that is trading for a star um or continuing to you know draft well and put guys around De'Aaron fox but I think if they don't act soon, um, they're just going to get lapped. Unless they think Keegan Murray is going to turn into like an all-NBA um, forward that can play both sides of the ball. Um, and certainly, you know, they may be waiting to see if they get there. But other than that, I think all these teams in the West are just going to go right past them. I think the Thunder are already better. I think the Wolves are already better. I think the Clippers yep. have figured themselves out. I think the Nuggets have been better. That wasn't really yep. a question. Um, and I think the Pelicans are better and the Pelicans have their own questions. They just dismantled them this week and all those teams you kind of look at and you're like, all right, Kings, how do we, how do we answer the questions here? Um, so yeah, I guess to, if you want, you know, some stats, the Kings have the same, they have a net rating of negative 0.1. So just like the Warriors. So we brought up them as one of the panic teams, the Kings are right there. And I don't know if they're taking yeah. advantage of a good schedule or they're, you know, taking advantage of winning games at home. But um, by those advanced metrics, they're just a middle of the pack team. And in the Western yep. Conference, I think they're maybe like, what are they, a five, like a five seed? They're like four or five floating around there. Um, <clears throat> yep, I just think, a five you know, seed right now. Are you looking to go into the season and lose another first round series? Are you just looking to establish a winning culture? And if you are doing that, then that's great. And you should just make the playoffs. Sometimes that's all you can ask for from your guys. I know this isn't like a huge trade market, um, but I'm just like 
I would be, this is a little less panicky, but I would just be eager to know what the next move is. Are you going to continue to rely on Malik Monk uh, for 15 plus points a game to come off the bench? You know, you drafted a guy like Davion Mitchell and he barely sees the court now. Um, you know, like what, what are the, what's the next move basically that I would be asking? And it can't just be, Oh, continue to draft or we're going to sign a guy. So I think, you know, they've had a sustained success now for about two years. Like they were on the fritz or on the fringe two years ago, made the playoffs last year, make going to make the playoffs again this year, but where does it go from there? So I just think they need to start addressing that now <clears throat> and not wait um, another season or two because De'Aaron Fox is here. He's going to get a super max deal next uh, next summer or whatever, and I'm just eager to know what the next move is. Yeah, that was well put. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, I said this before the season started, where I was like, I wish they did something to upgrade that Harrison Barnes spot because, like you said, I think a lot of teams just lap them. I think. Um, T-Wolves, OKC, <clears throat> Suns, um, all those teams presumably got better. And they just ran back the same exact team that they had last year. And it was a good team, right? I mean, they were top – they were the three seed last year. And they took the league by storm. But they didn't really do anything to make themselves better this year. And I think a lot of teams in the league sort of figure them out a bit. Um and yeah, I, they're obviously going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're a championship <clears throat> contender in the West, but I think Keegan has been so good for them. Like you said, if they might think he's like turns into some sort of all NBA caliber player, maybe. Um, I think their only moves that they have right now, if I'm not mistaken, are probably trading Herder and Barnes. Um, yeah. and Mitchell Davion for sure. Yeah. Who just like doesn't play anymore. Don't really know what that kind of package is like what that yields for them. But this team, like I said, they're not a contender, but they're obviously a playoff team and you know, they can probably win a series. Maybe my big thing, I think for them that they need to address is, and you sort of hinted at it is Sabonis who I, I don't know if, if he can be your center, I think he's probably better suited as like your four because he's just not the rim protector that you need. Like you said, he's, he's kind of just a liability on defense, to be honest with you, to put it lightly. Um, So there, that's definitely a problem. So yeah, I, I'm concerned about them. I think they kind of need to get back in the, uh, in the workshop this summer and kind of alter this roster a little bit, but like you said, they're they're still going to be competitive and they're going to make the playoffs and stuff. But yeah, I think I think the league kind of figured them out. I don't, I can't really see this team getting past like the first round this year, to be honest. Like they could, they'll win a first round series, but maybe the semis is sort of their ceiling, you know? Yeah, and I think what hurts them is that it's the Kings and they're in Sacramento. I I saw a report that Pascal Siakam said he wouldn't resign there, which is just like wow. <laughs> like, you play in Toronto, are. like. I Shut know, up. and so and that and then that trade falls through. Like... But they need they need to address it. Now I'm not just trying to say they need to like this is like the casual take. Oh, this team needs to trade for a star. Like this team needs to do whatever. But they need to 
kind of revamped its offense. And I don't know if they need a defensive specialist to go along with this team. Uh, that's how they win games in the regular season. They put up 140 yeah. points on you. They're, they're one of the fastest teams in the league. De'Aaron Fox is probably the fastest player in the NBA with the ball, uh, which is just awesome. I think they tried to get Brooke Lopez. Um, <laughs> I might just be making that up, but that would have been like the perfect guy to be like, you know, he's an interchangeable four or five with Sabonis defensive anchor, but can also like, you can put him outside the arc and let Sabonis operate from inside uh, without that being like cluttered. Um, yeah. But yeah, what is the move? Like, I shouldn't be like, shouldn't, you know, your fourth best player shouldn't be Malik Monk. Like, and, and he could be your fourth, he could be your fourth uh, guy on the team in points per game. That's, that's certainly fine. But I'm talking about a guy, like a difference making role player. Um, someone like, could you have traded out, traded for OG? Could you have traded some picks? So I think they, you know, they have this window now with, uh, with Fox. I think they have to address it and it would be, a disservice yeah. to him if they just kind of sit idle. And <clears throat> no, I, I personally don't think Sabonis is is the guy to kind of build around. But at the same time, like, you know, it's the NBA. It's not like you can just shuffle those assets so easily. So can they address it? Can they, you know, become more of a defensive threat? Herder has just been disappointing this season, which is which is tough. Like he I think he's even lost last year starting in the playoffs too. Yeah, it started last year in the playoffs and he and he couldn't hit a shot. So nope. um him him regressing, yeah. obviously hurts hurts the most i think that looked so good on paper when they got him last year and he was you know shooting 40 plus whatever whatever percent um but i just think like i said they're gonna make the playoffs i don't have them winning a first round series against you know four five five or six other teams in the west like i I would have them losing to a bunch of those teams um but what's the next move and i think it's the time to address it is sooner rather than later and you have to bring in a guy probably like a forward um, that could be more of a defensive plus than offensive. They have a lot of good offense. Um, I yeah. think the guy they were looking for was OG. Um, but I think there are other guys out there to be had. Um, yeah. So we'll see. And I, I just feel like I, I can sense uh, that they're just going to kind of stand pat. And I think that is going to be what hurts them the most. They'll just kind of slip away. They're they're able to run past the Lakers and the Warriors and the Suns because that's what they do in the regular season. But uh, I think they would yeah. have their work cut out for them if they saw the Clippers or the Nuggets or T-Wolves, the Thunder for sure, and you know, or the Pelicans, the Mavs. They're kind of like both weirdly similar. But yeah, so that that's my only my only gripe with them. I love the Aaron Fox though. He'll be he should have been All NBA last year. He's honestly he like one of my favorite players in the league to watch. Like I love watching him play basketball. It's it's electric. He's so freaking good. Uh, he, he's like I, my, one of my favorite uh, he's awesome. like draft draft things is when people <clears> say like, oh, if he develops a jump shot, if he develops a jump shot, because everyone just like cops out. It's like Ben Simmons. It's like, oh, if he gets a jump shot. And De'Aaron Fox literally didn't, he didn't have like that great of a jumper. He, he um, at Kentucky and even his first like year or two in the league, he um, thrived because he was way more athletic than everyone and he was yeah, so much quicker and he would get a lot of points in transition and now that he's added like a really consistent jump shot including a three-point jump shot like that is just he is so good and they need to build around him uh but i'm not sure what that looks like i i like a lot of their pieces keegan will be in the building um lake mock is like i i picked him for six man before the year i'm not sure where he is now but he's certainly like in you know that handful of names uh, for guys yep. coming off the bench, he had like 37 the other night uh, off the bench. So 
it, it's a good team. I like them. And I think they're, they're fun too. And, you know, some of it is just like having a team that can win consistently is like, just, you know, you don't get that. You can't, you can't take that for granted. If you're, if you're the, uh, if you're the Kings, I'm sure the Pistons would love that. So <laughs> that's, that's the first thing. So it comes with a little caveat, but yeah, I think the, I think the clock is now not, not, not this off season, not going into next year. Like it's, it's time. Like let's, let's address this. Let's get the guys that we need on this team. Uh, and that can be around Sabonis and Fox. And I'm not sure what it looks like, but I would even move some picks. Yeah. Uh, do what it takes. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like this team is really talented and I think they have win now potential. So why not go in now? I don't think this is a kind of like, let's wait and see, you know, two years from now, or I think this team should be aggressive at the deadline. Uh, they have a particular player in mind. I don't know who that player is, like you said. Um, it was probably OG, but obviously he's not available anymore. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe they have someone in mind that they still want uh, that could help them come April playoff time. So, yeah. Okay. Um, moving on. So you wanna you wanna do one more each? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's do it. I we've kind of covered most of my main ones. I've got a couple fringe guys we could certainly talk about. Uh, but, uh, let's hear, let's hear what you got next. All right. Yeah. Let's do, uh, one more each. And then like, if you want to do some little ones that, you know, don't have to talk to talk about like too much, but my last like big one, um, is the Lakers. So I talked about them a lot last podcast, but I'm not done. I'm not done. (laughs) So Lakers are panic to me. It's the same story every year come around this time around January where the team is below 500. People are upset. LeBron's upset. Uh, Coach is in, you know, fired rumors. He's on the hot seat. It's the same thing. The problem with this team just kind of in a nutshell is one, their offense sucks. And two, they don't have any three point shooting. Um, All of the guys that they signed in the off season, all the guys they re-signed in the offseason just flat out haven't been playing well. Uh, D'Lo, Reeves, Rui, Gabe Vincent has missed literally the entire year. I mean, I don't think he's – he's played like like one or two games this year. He's out. Uh, Cam Reddish, um, Torian Prince, like all of these guys are just not good enough. Um, and it's shown. And they're I think they're second to last in three-pointers made. They have no three-point shooting. And it's just kind of strange, you know, because we know the blueprint for a LeBron James team. It's get just surround him with a bunch of wings that can shoot. And for whatever reason, this team decided that they don't need that surrounding him. Uh, And it's and they've paid for it. So I don't think they really have a lineup they like. Um, I don't think they have a lineup they can point to. It's just it's just a weird, funky team and fit again because LeBron and AD are playing well and they're playing a lot, which is a weird thing. Like normally it would be like, Oh, AD's missed, you know, 15 games so far. That's why they're struggling. Well, LeBron's like hurt. He hasn't been playing, but they're both playing and they're both relatively healthy and they're still pretty bad. So they're yet again, like they were last year, kind of approaching the deadline below 500. They're out of the playoffs. And I know just like, you know, that LeBron is not going to stand for it. And he's going to go right up to Palenka and be like, these are the dudes I want still on the team. And these are the dudes that I don't want on the team anymore. So make it happen. Uh, yeah. I, I, 
as it stands right now, this team's not a contender, but knowing the Lakers and LeBron, this team is going to be vastly different by February. Like, completely different. Just like last year, it's going to be completely different. So, yeah, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, they're obviously panicking. They've been horrible since... The IST. Um, it's like a completely since, yeah. different team. Yeah. Yeah. Them and the Pacers are just like, they kind of... Yeah. The Pacers are fine. The Pacers are fine, but... You would think like the Lakers, like you would think it was like back to back every night, like the, the way they've reacted uh, from winning that. Uh, mm-hmm. Which shout out LeBron for doing, by the way. But, yeah, <laughs> this uh, this team's a mess. I don't even know what they do. Like they're running out of moves every year. It's the same story. Oh, they won yep. the off season. They got the best guys. Okay, yep. I was all over Twitter saying they're horrible. Go ahead, they're all dude, Go ahead, Cam mm-hmm. Reddish. Go ahead. They they drafted Jalen Hood Shafino. He's Ugh. he's not good, dude. Yeah, not no, good. not at all. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, wreck on the guy because he's a rookie and he's in the NBA. But he's not. He's not what they need. The guy after, guy picked after him, Tommy Hawkes, on the Heat, who's going to be just stud. Yeah, just like, he's going to be just a, a, a nightmare <laughs> when the Heat played yeah. the Celtics. A nightmare for my Celtics. I know. Yeah, you can't wait. That's the ECF right there. The Heat. The Heat are really. They're going to be so good again. Yep. Uh, and after Hawkes was Pod, Pods, Pods Minsky from uh, yep. the Warriors. Anyway, so it just seems like they always uh, miss on things like that. I, as a LeBron fan, uh, let the NemPod listeners know that about me. I will never forgive the Lakers for what they did. Uh, and it was LeBron's fault, but getting Russ, just blowing up the championship team. And Set now them back. Having, to, having to watch these, this is now the third year since then having to watch three different renditions of this like awful, awful Laker team is just, it's terrible. And as a Bron fan, like you just, and it's his fault. So like, you can't even like be like, Oh, you got the, it's really a mess. Um, I can't wait to root for the Lakers to lose every season after he's gone. I'm not sure, you know, what the future looks like. I, I think people were way too high on them uh, coming into this season because they had all these random parts. I think Reeves was playing out of his mind in the uh, in the playoffs, yep. and he's come back to earth a little bit. Uh, but Good if time. he's your third best player, like that's that's just not good. Yep. Uh, and then, like, if you're going to point to like Gabe Vincent being hurt, I'm like, that's just not a good enough roster. Then, if you know you're you're banking exactly. on Gabe Vincent, D'Lo has been still horrendous, and they say <laughs> they can trade him, but is that going to work? Wants him. I mean, like we kept saying, Levine has no market. Talk about no market. Like, there's I, I can't name a single team that would take a flyer on D'Lo in that contract. Like. For what? What? Like, what are you getting for him? No, you know? no team. I mean, I kind of said the same thing about Russ, but maybe it's like. Ugh, I mean, but I, Russ. I don't even know. Russ is now like find he found like a tiny group. Russ makes like six million bucks a year. Yeah, I know. It's so, like he's found <laughs> like a little like bit 30. of a group. Yeah, Delo makes yeah. So, I don't think any team needs a guy that's not good at the <laughs> his market. Would you like a player that can take 20 shots inefficiently and not play good D? I don't think anyone's looking for that. Exactly. Even the Pistons. Even the Hornets. Exactly. So, I mean, they're an absolute mess. I don't even know what – I don't know where they go from there. Uh, I, I think they're done competing for championships. I said last year, I was like, I think it's a miracle that the Lakers are even playing the Nuggets right now. The Nuggets completely outplayed them as they should have um, – the Lakers Warriors series, I think, was you know awesome on paper. Those two yeah. guys matching up. I think but the Lakers not- got kind of lucky with like the matchups. Like the Grizzlies were a mess uh, and hurt. 
Um, the Warriors, like you said, they just toppled over them. They were twice their size. Uh, that, so yeah, that was that, a great exactly. matchup for them. Um, right, right. So, yeah, right, I think right. they got a little lucky last year, but yeah. I think it's this this version of them is over. And it, and it stinks because the, the best thing you said was like AD is playing 85. Like he's played almost every yeah. game. I think they're both think playing both, well. They, they've missed like a handful of games. Um, so I think you watch, you watch this year. Um, I don't know what the move is at the deadline. Like I literally, I can't get a read on it. Levine. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I would, easy if I was the Lakers, I would probably try and get Zach Levine. I don't think that solves anything. You give up like D'Lo, Austin Reeves, and any draft comp you have and get Levine. Uh, he's like the clutch guy. So that's why I think it, it lines up. But when that team flames out and they lose to the Nuggets in the first round or the Wolves in the first round, I think LeBron could get a few games. So maybe it's a good series, but they lose in the first round. Like LeBron has a, a player option. He should be out. Like I don't, I don't know if he wants to get another mm-hmm. ring or stay in LA or what he wants to do, but. I just can't wow. see another version of this Lakers team. I'm so I'm so done with it. I want them to move on from AD and move on from LeBron and completely tear it down because I don't think this version, this core, as good as those two players are, I don't think this core with the resources they have around them, I don't think they can get to become a contender again. And I certainly don't think they are a contender right now. And I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Wow. So they're like a 10. I, yeah, they're, they are dumpster fire in my eyes. Wow. I, I think they can sneak into the plan. I don't want to write them off that badly, but maybe you're right. I don't know. They are the, as we're recording this, they are the 10 seed right now. But if you look at the teams behind them, though, that actually have a chance of catching them, it's Golden State and and Utah, who are both 17 and 20. So it's like, I already we already did our Warriors segment. I don't think they're catching anybody. Uh, and Utah is nothing to play for. I don't think they're trying to get into the play-in. So Lakers might be the 10 seed by default almost um, because none of those teams, I think, are as bad as they are. I don't think they're as good as the Lakers. But, um, yeah, so this team is – is it, it's it's stuck. Like, I don't know what you do. Like, yeah, you can trade D'Lo and Rui and Reddish and whatever, but – I don't know what combination, like what slew of players you get back that's going to make this team much better. And I think Darvin Ham is obviously going to get the brunt end of the the stick here. I think I don't know if he'll get fired this season, but I'm you can almost pencil it in that he'll get fired after the season. Um, so I think it's a mess all around. Yeah, I don't really know what kind of outs this team has, but yeah. Yeah, it's a mess. I don't know. I think the Warriors would maybe pass them. I think the Rockets will s- slide down, uh, probably maybe out. Um, they were. So I don't think the Warriors the are as good as the Lakers. I, ju- I just don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mess, man. Yeah, it's a shame. Really. So, and yet again, I'm talking about the Lakers, but stinks. here we are. And they so, let yeah, so walk that's my no last panic meter team. You can go now. Well, yeah. Um, all right. So this is my last one. Uh, they're beyond panicking. I think they're literally just kind of like, yeah, like we're just hanging out. Uh, it's the Spurs, and I won't <laughs> spend too. I won't spend too long. But this, like, Wembenyama is so good, and I think I'm, yeah. this is going to be something I bring up for years to come. 
on the pod here, you know, OTD, whenever I talk ball, is going to be like, why didn't they just start building around Wembenyama in year one and year two? And this team just doesn't look like it wants anything to do with uh, competitive basketball right now. So that's the first thing. They have some resources, so I think that'll get addressed either this offseason, maybe they'll draft one more time and then really address it next year. So I'll give them the floor. I'm, I'll, I'll let them have it. But I don't think Pop is the future like of this team. You know, I think you you kind of move on from Pop. I, they, they just signed a five-year deal, but I don't know if he's the best coach for them right now. And I think you yeah. probably want to get a, a young guy in there and, and really build this team out because I think the, they're already on the clock. Like I said with the Kings, it's it's kind of relative. Like they're going to be a playoff team, but they need to answer questions now. And I think the Spurs need to do the same exact thing. There's no way a guy like Wembenyama um, should be win- should be five and thirty. Like I think he should be. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And, and what I was saying before, what I, I'm going to bring up for years to come is the fact that Chet is going to be the rookie of the year over Wembenyama simply because of the basketball teams that they play on. I think if Wembenyama was on the Thunder, there'd be no question who the rookie of the year is. Obviously, Chet is an incredible player, and he's. He's year two, by the way, so not even sure he should be in the voting. Um, and he'll and he'll win it, and he's an incredible player. But Wembenyama is really a generational talent, and I think they're just doing such a disservice to him. It it blows my mind. Jeremy Sohan, he is not not a point guard. He's maybe like the seventh or eighth man, yeah, on an average NBA team. Uh, I gimmick. like Kelvin. That was just a gimmick. I mean, yeah, that was not good. Kelvin is fine. Um. Trey Jones is fine, but like, are you just, you're going to, okay, what draft two guys next year? They, they should be working hard to pay good money to a point guard or someone to run the offense. They should be willing to spend money now while Wembenyama is on a cheap deal and they should not shy away from that. They need to build a competitive roster and start competing because, you know, all of a sudden Wembenyama is going to be in year four. It's going to look, it's going to look like the thunder with, uh, with SGA, but now you know now they're ready to compete. They've really grown into that, and I'm just I'm worried they're not they're not going to do that with him. So I think they should be panicking, and I just think they're just like too nonchalant right now. I think they yeah. should just address some. They should trade for someone at the deadline. I mentioned, can you get Trey Young? Can you trade your two lottery picks this year for Trey Young? Uh, maybe another first after that. Maybe you throw in whoever you know, whatever player. Can you get? I think can they should be throwing a lot of money at a guy like Emmanuel quickly this off season. Uh, they should have. Yeah. Um, they should have tried to get Austin Reeves last season. Yep. So, and I, I think they're just sitting too idly by, and uh, and you can't do that when you have a guy like Wembenyama on the team because they're only here for so long. Look at the Mavs. It's just Luca and a bunch of you know spare parts, and yep. he's that good that they're in the playoffs every year. But I don't think it comes that easily. So I want them to do something because I want them to be. He's just that good. Like it's it's time. Yeah, yeah, I agree with a lot of that. It's uh, it's weird, you know. I feel like before the draft, when the Spurs won the lottery, I think a lot of us were like, "Oh man, like Wemby and Pop and the Spurs, like perfect fit." Duncan, um, David Robertson, like this, this is it. Like you know what I mean? Match made in heaven. And now it's like, oof. Like I don't know if Pop's kind of like lost it, but man, just some of the stuff he's done this year is. It's straight gimmicky. Like that's the word for it. It's just a gimmick. Like Sohan at point guard. It, it, it it's just gimmicky. Like it's like almost. It's like they're they're not even taking themselves or this situation seriously at all. It's it's weird. Like why? Yeah. Like why was this season such a throwaway? 
Why? Like, yeah, we know you suck. We know you're not going to be that good. But did you have to like fool around and like screw around and kind of make like an ass of yourself while doing it? You know, it's just weird. And like you said, they had all this freaking money in the offseason, so much salary room. They didn't get anybody worth mentioning. They spent it on a bunch of nonsense. Like, like you said, you should have, you should have sent Reeves a qualifying offer. Like, go get quickly this offseason. Uh, get whoever this offseason. Make a trade. Like, trade your lotto picks for Young or whoever, someone. Because I know Wembenyama is there, but I'm not really sure how big a free agent destination San Antonio is. I mean, it never really was, and I'm sure some dudes want to play with Wemby. But in terms of like the top tier talent in the league, I don't think San Antonio is a big, you know, landing spot. So what you got to do, you got to trade for him then. So go out and trade for some dudes. You got a million picks. You got some young guys like, you know, Vassell and, you know, some other dudes that Keldon Johnson, like you said, like that teams would want. So, you know, package those guys and go get a, go get a star. So yeah, yeah, like you said, I think maybe the move, I don't know if this would happen because that would be crazy, but yeah, maybe the move is to kind of move off pop and get a younger coach with that kind of vision in the building because it's weird right now, man. It's weird. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, I, I've been thinking about it, I guess, recently since like the Hawks have been kind of a mess. I'm not like Trey Young with Wemby, I think could just be. Yeah. I like that a lot. Like they, they would be, they're close enough in age that they can really just grow into each other. Um, Trey Young is due money and you can easily immediately make up for his, you know, defensive question marks with Wemby's ability to just, you know, clog the paint and, you know, take anyone. Yep. Trey can kind of over pursue and let guys run by to like a degree. Run them off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Clint Capello is not, you know, mitigating that in Atlanta right now. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think if they want to go one more draft, like they have the Raptors pick this year, which is going to be really high for like Pirtle, which was crazy. Like you would never even know that <laughs> when they draft at number seven or eight this year, and you're like, when did they get like, crazy. is that from like Kawhi or like, nope, that was literally Pirtle this year. Um, so if they want to do one more draft where they try to take a swing at two high guys in like a lesser, fav- less favorable draft class, if they want to try and take a swing at like, they'll have like literally the third pick and the seventh pick and if they want to go one more and try and get one because that that'll be good and that'll be a cheap guy maybe you get you know you just pick two big forwards or um i would that's what i would do i would About try cooper. And, that's two years um, from now right cooper flag yeah cooper yeah i wouldn't i mean what if they tank for two more years and try and get no. cooper <laughs> too long I mean, too long you have you you won the tank don't yeah i know i know like you have to try you do that now you're like now you're treading like sixers trust the process territory where you're deliberately tanking every year so yeah and and like you already have you already have the generational talent like when when teams win in the nba Mm -hmm. and you have it's like oh you need one of the one of the five best guys you need steph you need lebron you need durant whatever you have it you have Wemby in in five or six years but you need to start competing now i think it could be the deep boy next year i think if you you could either you know, trade two unprotected high lottery picks this year and a first next year for like a, like kind of a distressed star. Like I'm thinking like Trey Cade. Um, I, I'm not a Jalen green fan, but like, that's the kind of guy you could bring in right now, or you t- take one more swing at this draft class going into next year. But I, at that same time, I would be throwing high qualifying offers at, um, at someone to actually run an offense and help Wemby like get in a groove offensively. Cause 
I mean, he could be like a pick and pick and roll legend the way he can shoot. Um, his shot's been terrible this year, but I think that's more of a testament to the offense. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I like Trey Jones. I like Vassell actually a lot. But these are not guys that uh, are going to help Webby compete. And I think they need to be competing now and uh, and not just, like, sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, specifically, Trey and Kate, I, I really like. If they would take a swing at one of those two guys, that would be, uh, that would be interesting. Uh, yeah. All right. I mean – that was a lot. I mean, anything else you wanted to, to throw out there? Any quick ones? Or I mean, I'm yeah, pretty panic. much done. Um, Conferences to be panicking. The East. Yeah, as a whole. I mean, yeah. I mean, my, the, the only year. reason, like, okay, I I wouldn't say the East is is as a conference because I think that the title winner is coming out of the East with my Boston Celtics, which is I is what I think matters at the end of the day. Um. But as a whole, yeah, the conference is is pretty is pretty crap. Um, it's weird. No, it's weird. I was it's just saying the East, needs, the East needs to be on watch because the Knicks are here and they're ready. <laughs> and OG's going to clamp. You've data. come out of your cave about the RJ trade. You uh, you thought it over. You did the analysis. You're pro RJ trade now. Yeah, we're burying this late at the 100 minute mark of the pod, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was an emotional trade. Uh, I didn't want to have an opinion on it right away. I think both teams look incredible since it. Uh, Raptors are three and one. Knicks are four and zero. Oh. Um, I think the biggest thing is like losing out on quickly. It's like, all right, we just traded Toppin for nothing, and now we're yeah. letting it quickly go. Like we had a really good draft, and we couldn't keep any of these guys. Like that. That's just like, yeah, that's a that shame. Stinks. I think they they got better, and RJ was just like <laughs> RJ makes he had to thirty seven last night, but like. He Crazy. was so up and down, and this team just – that was not what they needed. So, so right. having – OG has played really well. Uh, it, I'll be curious to see what happens with him. He's an unrestricted free agent. Like, oh, we just think we're yeah, definitely going to sign him. Re-sign. I think that is like – that 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 actually worries me. So, um, you know, until he's locked in at a favorable number, uh, you know, the deal – you can't look at the trade uh, fully yet. But at the same time, I think this version of the Knicks, this is the best starting five they've had, I'm ready to say, of my lifetime, which is insane. Like they wow. even the mellow even the mellow years, maybe maybe that team was better. But you were just looking at it, you were like, the the Heat exist, the Celtics exist. They lost to the Pacers even. I think this Knicks team, you actually can see like a little bit of light to the end of the tunnel and Brunson's an absolute star. Randall's been on an unreal tear. And OG Hardenstein and Dante just like really compliment them. So for that, I signed off on the trade right now, but we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Word. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's weird because when I talked about the trade with Dan, um, I said that I don't think any team really got better from it. Uh, it looks like I was wrong. Well, I said, I liked the trade for both teams, which, you know, kind of inherently means that, you know, I think they get a little better, but I didn't think it kind of like pushed either of them sort of like into, you know, that next sort of like echelon. But I think just in terms of pure fit, I think this helps the Knicks a lot and does make them better. Uh, The quickly thing is, is sort of a shame, but I, I don't know because they had the opportunity to sign them to an extension uh, in the off season and they didn't, which I thought was pretty telling. Uh, Yeah. I thought that was kind of the writing on the wall. Yeah. I mean, like, Look at him now. He's going to start on Toronto and, 
you know, with, he'll probably average like 20 to, points and like six assists a game. It's just like him and Brunson. It, it was never going to work. No, it's just all fit. That's what I said on the last episode. It was like this trade was more about like fit, like roster and team fit more than like anything. And I think both these players complement their current teams more. Yeah, I think they just do. So it's yeah, like it's a deal cool. you kind of had to make. And uh, yeah, yeah. The, the OG being a restricted free agent does worry me, but there's no, I th- like, there's no way in hell I cannot see the Knicks not re-signing him. I don't know what the number is going to be. It might be more than what they want, but there's no way you let him walk after you just traded all that for him. You can't, but the Sixers, I'm saying they, it'll be an overpay. they should pay. They would want to pay. Well, the Knicks are going to have to overpay then because you just can't I let know. him walk out the door. You can't. I know. I, I couldn't agree. If it's forty million think, a year, I don't know, then then that, that's what it is. But you can't let him the, walk. The one thing that worries me a tiny bit is like we just gave Hart this money, and I think him and OG are a little similar. Like, not really creators. They do kind of the little things right. I think that is a tiny redundant. So I think that's where it could get like interesting and sticky with the money. Hart took Quickly's money to some degree and for good reason. Like he was, he's very good. I, I tweeted Josh Hart, you're a Nick for life after he hit that shot against the Cavs <laughs> in game one. So yeah. like I said, like he's done some amazing things. Um, but now I think OG is the priority. And I think let's say if it, if it goes South in the playoffs this year, so for some reason you get OG and maybe look to move on from Hart. But again, I don't want to, there's no time for panic. This team is, looks good. It's nice to have a team that can literally just, beat the crap out of bad teams and compete with every good team. So it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's refreshing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, didn't talk your Celts, but you know, this is the panic. This is the panic podcast. They don't need to be mentioned. (laughs) Yeah. There's no reason to talk about them. Um, Yeah. All right. Anything else? You good? No. Looking forward to the playoffs, the deadline. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely do some stuff this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely do some big deadline stuff and uh, go from there. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. That's a wrap. Uh, I'll catch you next time. Peace.